Father, we live and breathe you. Just what this song says. But it is your breath that's in our lungs. Father, that brings us out of that circumstance that is dominating our thinking. The one that's just, it's just not fun to be in. Lord, because your breath is in our lungs, it gives us a different perspective on the fact that we're alive right now. Things become insignificant when we, when we know in our heart that it is your breath in our lungs that allows us to live on this day. Lord, you didn't have to wake us up today. You didn't, but you did because you, you got a plan for each and every one of us, Lord. And that plan involves showing the rest of this world exactly who you are. And so, Father, this morning, as we, as we continue in your presence here, we pray that you would fill us up to the point where we're overflowing so that when we do go out into the world, they see the overflow of who you are, Father, regardless of what we're dealing with, regardless of what we're going through. We're always praising God because there is no other way. There's no other way to live but to, to let this life be a, a praise to you. So, Father, this morning we, we ask for the Holy Spirit to come in here or blow the top off of this building. I pray that your presence is in each, each pew, sitting next, next to each person here, Father. Because, Lord, we need that. That's what our heart longs for. Nothing else will fill us up. The things we've tried to fill ourselves up with have done just that, Lord. They've been a cheap imitation to the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I just need you. We need you this morning. We say, come Holy Spirit. Come on, Father. Yeah. Can we sing that, that chorus one more time? It's your breath. Sing this from that place in your heart, ladies and gentlemen, that says, God, this is the place <laughs> that I know I'm keeping you out of because I'm afraid of what it might look like to let you have total control. It's different singing it from that place. And I'm praying, Lord, that you would infiltrate these, these people's hearts today, right now. Let's go ahead. Lord, we give you praise so this morning. So we pour out our praise yes, to Come you only. It's your breath. Yes, Father. Be in this in place. Be in this place. Lord. So we pour out our praise. Hallelujah. Pour out our praise. It's your breath. Come on now, Father. Come on in now. Our lungs. Yes. So we pour out our praise to you only. Yes, Lord. We pour out our praise this morning. We love you. We thank you. We need you to be here. Let this word hit us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Uh, 
You could have decided to be anywhere else on a Sunday morning, but you came and hung out with us, so it's good. Love it. See a lot of new faces. <laughs> I love that too. Sorry I didn't get a chance to come and say hi to everybody during the break. Um, but again, thank you for being here. We're in the book of Romans. We just got done with the book, uh, excuse me, the fifth chapter of Romans. Uh, last week we opened up chapter six. Um, and, you know, I wish I could just read chapters six, seven, and eight and not stop and preach or teach on them. Because if I was just to read right through, the word doesn't need my explanation. The word doesn't need me to open it up. There's something about Romans 6, 7, and 8 that if you just read it from start to finish, lives will be saved. People will just come to know Jesus. It's so pointed at the believer and pointed at uh, the reasons why we need Jesus and why our relationship with him is so important, but also uncovering the reality and the potency of what he did on the cross and also as he walked out of the tomb. I'm a, uh, I made a, a point of it last week to talk about this word knowing. Like there's, a, there's a big difference between knowing up here and knowing in your heart. Huge difference. Why is that? Well, what's in a man's heart is going to come out in his actions whether he tries to stop that or not. It's just going to come out. All right? So we can all come to church. We can all sit in some pews with some weird cushions on this red carpet that is just interesting. You drag your feet, you shake somebody's hand, you're going to get shocked, all right? That is the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but we all come here, right? But that doesn't mean that we can check that off the list on a Sunday, and all of a sudden I'm a better follower of Christ because I sat facing the same direction listening to a weird guy talk about Jesus. It has to be something that is so ingrained in you that it comes out in your daily life, Right? Now, who does that every day 100%? Not me. <laughs> I'm, hey, I fail every single day. Everybody in here fails every single day. But when the failures are the same failures, there's an issue. And that's what we talked about last week. Habitual sin. Destroying habitual sin. Paul makes a statement at the end of chapter 5. And he says, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. So if sin gets higher, grace gets more prevalent. And he continues to kind of jump ahead of some thinking that might possibly arise by saying, so does that mean, he asks the question, does that mean that we're just going to go sin and sin and sin because we know that grace will abound and I can just kind of get away with it because I know God's going to forgive me? You know what? God will forgive you. But there are consequences to sin. There's also consequences to obedience. That's a, that's a good one. I, I'm glad that there's the other side of the spectrum with that one. But Paul continues to kind of answer that question here in the opening chapters of, uh, the opening verses of chapter 6. And he makes that statement and then he starts talking about baptism. Which, by the way, we're going to have two lovely young ladies from the Schweitzer family be baptized to, after the service. So, um, am I okay in saying if People want to stay for that? All right. Just making sure. Look at you looking at me crazy. <laughs> Love it. Um, which I have to rabbit trail real quick. So probably five minutes left in the message. I got here earlier this morning and turned the water on for the baptistry. Well, I forgot to turn the water off. Okay. So 
end of the message, I hear some commotion in this back room, and I'm like, that's weird. I don't, whatever, keep preaching, and then it hits me. I forgot to turn the water off, and there's people trying to figure out how to do that, and they don't know. So they're back there going crazy. I turn around, and the water level on the uh, glass right there is, you know, you can see it, and that's not good, all right? So Jared, as I asked him to come back up, he comes down, um, and just real, you know, calmly, thank you, sir. <laughs> the baptistry's overflowing, and uh, Brett's down there. He's, he's trying to figure it out, but I just wanted to let you know. Instant freak out. <laughs> I mean, like, I was going crazy trying to finish what I was preaching and also wondering if the entire basement was under, like, three inches of water. Uh, so apparently I did all right. I didn't show it very well, but hey, <laughs> interesting. So I've been able to calm down since then, all right, and preach. Okay, back to scripture. Uh, but in those first couple verses of chapter 6, um, Paul answers this, this question talking about baptism. But it's not baptism by fire or the Holy Spirit, or baptism by water, which we're going to see, or baptism even into um, shortcomings or the uh, suffering. There is that baptism into his suffering because when you're connected to him, you're not only connected to him in his likeness, but also him in his righteousness, excuse me, but also him in his suffering. But he talks about baptism into Christ's death. Why does he answer that question that way? Well, here's the deal. Christ's death has to go from here to here. Because why did he die? He died to remedy the poor relationship that sin has with us. As soon as he died, our relationship with sin changed forever. So why is it that I'm in this habitual sin all the time? I thought Christ died for that. Well, it's because this mentality that I have about it hasn't necessarily hit here in certain areas of my life. Does that make sense? Paul gets after it. And then, what I love is that Paul always gives both sides of the story. He swings to the other side of the spectrum. If you are baptized in Christ's death, guess what else? You are also baptized in his life. In life. Does that make sense? So I'm going to read this scripture. Title of this message, it says, Alive to God. Habits of Freedom. Anybody in here want to be free? All the time. Okay. There's some if-then statements in the scripture. If Christ died, took care of sin, and it's telling me to consider myself the same as Christ, that means I died and sin no longer has. I died with Christ. Christ died with us. We, I, I'm no longer subject to the penalty of sin. Right? If that's true, then it's also true that we rose with him. And we have the power of the resurrection as well. Then I should be living a life that projects life. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Why am I not doing that? Can we answer that question today? Now I'm saying there's areas in my life, yes. There's lots of life. Love it. But there's some that are just like, why do I keep revisiting this? Stop it. Stop that. I'm going to stop talking and read this scripture. And then we're going to go back through and kind of kind of decode it just a little bit and see what the Lord is saying, what he's going to say to us through Paul and his uh, letter to the Roman church. Here's uh, Romans 6, chapter 8, chapter 6, excuse me, 
verse 8. It says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing, there it is, that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourself to God as those alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. Man. Okay, so verses 8 through 11 is a thought. It's a chunk. And 12 through 14 is also separately its own thought and chunk, but it's connected um, to the verses above it. Now, I had a conversation with someone three, four months ago, and the issue came up, not the issue, but the statement was, how do I, how do I bless God? You ever heard people pray and say, we, would, we just want to bless you. Lord, Lord, I bless you right now. Or there's scriptures that talk about ministering to the Lord. What? How little old me who's so sinful in nature going to minister to an omnipotent, all-knowing, good, great God? How do I bless him? How do we, how do, we do that? The answer to that is in this scripture. And also, what I want to be able to communicate this morning comes by way of this. The answer to that question, how do I bless God? How do I, how do I minister to Him? Uh, comes by me asking you this question. How do you want to spend the gift of life that's been given to you? What are you going to spend it on? This is an interesting question. What are you going to spend it on? Anybody ever given you a gift before? Hopefully they have. If they haven't, email me, you know. I don't have much to give, but I think I might be able to give you something. <laughs> Interesting thing about a gift is you can kind of use it for what you want. That's the nature of a gift. It wouldn't be a gift if somebody said, do this this way with this thing, right? Well, the Lord gave us something. And this life that he gave us, I'm asking you this question. What do you want to spend it on? What he's brought you through up to this point, how are you going to spend that? Because here's the deal. You could come to church and put on like everything's great and everything's happy and everything's cool. You can even come to church and be very transparent and, hey, man, life sucks. Life is not good. I don't like it. The truth of the matter is... Man, hopefully I say this. I want to say this the right way. The gift that he's giving you to spend, what he's given you is not for you. Does that, hopefully that makes sense. Does that, does that make sense when I say that? It's given to you so that you can present it. And present it in a way that's not 
man, I'm hanging my head because such and such did this and that and my life is blah, blah, blah. It is easy to come in here and live your life mopey. Very, very, very easy. It's easy to come in here and also just throw a writing on the wall and just say, hey, everything, everything sucks. Everything's not good. I don't like it. Uh, you guys trucking with me this morning? I'm trying not to rabbit trail so hard right now because the Lord wants me to stay here. I got to stay right here. Now, verse 8 says this. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. Now, this is a foundational truth. The reason I'm talking about your emotions is because regardless of how you feel, this is always true. Amen. Regardless of when you wake up and it's not fun or it's amazing, this is always true. Thank God for that. But it's something that has to go from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Because when it's in my heart, it causes me to live in a way that says, yes, that is true. He's never to die again, meaning it happened once and it's good. It worked the first time. <laughs> yeah, he died on the cross and it worked the first time. That means he died for your sins and it worked the first time. The interesting thing about sin is it will make you revisit it every day. Think about, think about how, how the Lord was crucified. There's many people who were crucified before the Lord. He's the only one who ever walked out of the tomb, obviously. But they take these bodies, they throw them in a pit. What sense would it make as these bodies are sitting in this rotting decay of a pile for anybody to come back and visit, revisit that. Nobody comes back and looks at the bodies and just hangs out for a while. You know, that's a weird thing. But we do the same thing with our sin. He crucified our sin and it's laying in a pit. However, we feel like we need to come and just, hey, check it out. What's up? No. The nature of God is completely opposite of that. He took care of it. Don't revisit it. You know who I'm preaching to? Myself. <laughs> right? Hopefully everyone else in the room as well. But this is an us thing. This ain't me saying, hey, y'all got to go take care of this because I'm good. I'm not. All right? I, because of where I stand, obviously, it's walking in high places, but I'm trying to tell you that I'm just as human as you are. And we all have to not revisit the stuff that has stolen life from us. Yeah. You guys are a little bit more lively than first service and no one's even really talking. <laughs> That's great. I love it. The amens. I don't even have to ask for them. Amen? Okay. <laughs> All of that. But here's verse 10. For death, uh, for the death that he died, he being Jesus, died to sin once for all. And here we go. It says, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Now here's this other narrative real quick. I've told you guys before from this pulpit that I would so love to bless Jesus by one day taking my American Express black card, which probably will never happen. No limit. 
going to Costco or Sam's. Sam's. We'll do Sam's. Yeah. We got a you know, Sam's employee here. Um, and, and give the card to the cashier, any cashier, and just say, hey, pay for the next 20 people in line. I want to go sit over here and just watch. Like, that is such a desire of mine. But the fact that I can't do that right now, and what I do with the fact that I can't do that is an issue. I'm saying to the Lord, I can't walk in freedom until you give me enough money so I can go do that. <laughs> Even that coming out of my mouth right now is like, what is wrong with you? So basically, I'm sitting here telling God, here's how you can use me. And if you're not going to use me that way, well, my life just isn't worth getting up. I woke up this morning. That's more than enough of a reason to praise his name. Amen? Amen. Are you guys with me this morning? Yeah. See, let's take it one step further. Even Jesus didn't get to choose. So here we are trying to choose God himself, Jesus himself, wasn't even able to choose. He was on his face in the Garden of Gethsemane, bleeding, crying blood, saying, Lord, take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. Right? So, uh, where was I? Um, yes, verse 10. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives... He lives to God. Now, if we go back above that, and it says, consider yourself. Consider. Now, even consider yourself the same. Let me get it right. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. That's verse 11. I said I went back up, but I meant, back, I meant down. Read the next verse. Even so, consider. Now, you've got to understand something about this word, consider. Chapter 4, verse 3, they're talking about Abraham. And they quote the Old Testament, and they say this in cha uh, chapter 4, verse 3. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, the Greek word for consider and credited is logizomai. L-O-G-O-Z-M-A-I, something like that. I'm not a good speller, and I get nervous when I try to spell in front of people. <laughs> Anyway, I looked up the Greek word for this consider, and it was the same one as that, that credited. If you remember that message, Abraham believed, and automatically the, the, the Lord deposited something into his account. That's the translation of that word. That it was credited to him, it was deposited to him, it was placed on reserve for him. See, the Greek will help you understand the word so much better than the English language. So much better. So if that's the same Greek word, it's saying consider yourselves dead or with that word logizomai in there, it meaning credited to your account. Credited to, consider it credited to your account that you are not dead but alive to God in Christ Jesus. What do you do when you got money in the bank? Praise Jesus. Hey, yo. He go to make a withdrawal, right? Withdraw. Life. Does that make sense? Withdraw life. In the moment where it's so heavy and dark and you can't understand why. Withdraw life because it's been credited to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? Amen. See, that's what we have access to. 
I have a responsibility to live my life to God for one simple fact. He conquered death and he got out of the tomb. Anything else that I'm dealing with. <laughs> that, I mean, for me, there's heavy stuff. For you guys, there's heavy stuff. There's stuff you're going through. That in and of itself doesn't make sense to live your life to God and be joyful all the time in the midst of the storm. You know that is one of the most powerful evangelism tools known to man. Each individual sitting here right now, choosing to live your life to God. You with me this morning? Come on now. Don't make me start yelling. I do it. I calm down after that though because I don't want to yell at you guys. I feel bad. So, In verse 12, well, let me just say this. Verses 8 through 11, you know what this means? You've been legally set free. Legally. Legally set free to live and walk and breathe in freedom. Habitually. All the time. How? Realize, consider yourself to be dead to sin and alive to God. Verse 12, therefore... Here are the how-tos. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But, here we go, present yourself to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. It's very simple. Although the first part of those, those verses seem a little bit hard to, uh, to digest. When it says don't let yourself, that's on you. It's on us. It's on me. But don't think about the color purple. What do you do? Think about the color purple. Don't go to that place. Keep yourself from this. Do not, do not, do not. What do you do? It's harder to not do the do not or do the do nots, whatever. Yes. That's a tough one. <laughs> Does that make sense? But it gives you an out. It says simply what will squash that living, what will kick that right out of the door, what will say, no, you can't have room or jurisdiction here in my life, present yourself as alive. Present yourself as alive. Even if you don't feel like it, you are, withdraw from it. You have to make that withdrawal. If you don't make that withdrawal, then guess what? We're going to be presenting the members of our body, uh, uh, giving it up to sin, uh, the service of sin. Does that make sense? Don't try to not sin. Be alive. So much easier, right? Amen. Now, I'm going to read something from, from Oswald Chambers. The boy is just deep, okay? And my mom did a great job this, uh, what was it, Christmas? Getting me this book. It's all of his writings, all of it. And this is not scripture, okay? So I'm not going to uphold it as such, but the way that he communicates is just is so good and speaks to what we're talking about today. I, I read this a couple weeks ago and wanted to preach it, but it just didn't fit with the scripture, and then all of a sudden, here we go. 
But it says this, there are, he's, he's speaking about this scripture actually, there are far more people interested in consecration than concentration. I know what consecration is? It's basically declaring something sacred. I go to the gym at every hour of the day at such and such time, and I do that every day, and if uh, you want to meet with me in between those hours, sorry, can't do it, because I have consecrated that time. <laughs> right? You, you make it sacred. Like, even coming to church, what we do on a Sunday morning, or Bible study, or any of that stuff, the Lord never wanted a program to be it. He never wanted worship to be it. He never wanted prayer to be it. He wanted Him to be it. Amen. So again, there are, more, there are far more people interested in consecration than concentration. Con simply just concentrating on God. That's it. I was trying to tell God, if you just give me this money, I will be able to bless you and be free. I consecrated that. I made it holy. I set it apart sanctified it. And he's like, oh, well, you can't tell me how to use you. And Oswald continues saying this, it's easier to fuss around at work than to worship. <laughs> Smack me right in the face. It's easier, easier to complain than to stop and just worship God. It's easier to pay attention to details, to say your prayers, or conduct a meeting than to concentrate on God. It's easier to get wrapped up in the to-do list and to say, I'm going to get this to-do list done because if I do, then whew, man, means I'm accomplishing something today. Did you spend any time with the Lord? No. I don't know if you accomplished much. You guys with me this morning? I'm not beating you over the head with the Bible. I hope you don't feel that. <laughs> but what I am saying... Let me, let me, let, before I get too far away, let me, let me read the rest of this. Um, he continues by saying, Has God put you on the shelf deliberately? Why, can't, why cannot he be glorified by a man in the dust as well as in the sunshine? And then he makes a statement. He says, We are not here to tell God what to do with us, but to let him use us as he chooses. Whew. Remember, Hear me when I say this. Hear me when I say this. Remember, God's main concern is that we are more interested in Him than in work for Him. Whew. Once you are rooted and grounded in Christ, the greatest thing you can do is be. Don't try and be useful. Be yourself and God will use you. Oh, that just sinks right in. Don't try to be useful. Just be you. He's going to use you exactly where he needs you to be. You are where you are because that's where you're supposed to be. Stop trying to change it. Stop trying to make it better or even worse. Just concentrate on him. Be yourself. And he will take care of the rest. How simple. How much more simple can it be? Are you with me this morning? Yes. Alive to God. Habits of freedom. There's only one. Show up and be alive. Step in and just be alive. Because if he died, he also rose. If he was dead and alive, then we are dead and alive. Because of that, it is my responsibility to bring what I can to the circumstance, situation, whatever it is. And you know what's better to bring than anything else that I could ever conjure up or build? The life of Jesus. The Spirit of God. 
you are each vessels to do that. Me, I'm a vessel to do that. What messes that up? Revisiting sin. Right? <laughs> Going back and look at the pile of everything that was crucified. Saying, oh, hey, look, I remember that. Now he said, just separate, just go, just 180. You with me this morning? instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Now, man, I wish I had this off, excuse me, the top of my head. But there's a set of scripture, I think it's in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, that talks about Working out your salvation. That's in a nutshell what's being communicated here. Work it out. But don't work it out trying not to do things. Work it out by being alive. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's just like so simple. <laughs> and I don't know why I make it hard. Just be alive. Start with, you know, just thanking God for everything. I start thanking God for my truck. I start thanking God for the grass, for crazy people uh, and those little bikes that are like laying down and they got the flag up. I saw that on the way. Uh, oh, my bad. I didn't mean to do that. But yeah, that messed up my joke. Cause, yeah, whatever. But I don't understand those. Thanking God for just the most random stuff. Get your heart off of you and puts it back on him. And that's where it needs to be. That's where it needs to be. And then there's, there's something uh, interesting about why he says instruments. There's certain words that the Lord will highlight, and I just go, you know, word study, whatever. And if my body is an instrument, I have to understand how to wield that instrument, right? So the Greek word for that is hoplon, H-O-P-L-O-N. And the definition is this, any tool or implement for preparing a thing. And then also, it's arms used in warfare. Weapons. Now if you could with me, turn to 2 Corinthians 10, 4. And give a little light to how serious your body is as a weapon. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. I could stop right there. If he's saying use your body as a weapon, but the weapons that we have are divinely powerful, guess who's divinely powerful? Anyone. Everybody in here. Man, that's just like, come on. Just draw a line in the sand and say, devil, you just do whatever you want because I'm just going to go ahead on and knock you in the face. Because my body is divinely powerful to be used by God. You have to understand the seriousness of that. Do not present yourself as a weapon for unrighteousness. But present yourself as a weapon for Jesus. Does that make sense this morning? You remember as instruments or weapons of righteousness to God. Now that's only just one... That's one little thing in there. You could pull so much more out of there. Um, but 
But that's something that I felt like I wanted to give to you guys that, um, that, I, that I think is just so significant. The things that happen to you from a day-to-day -day basis, you have to have the perspective that you are in a spiritual battle. You have to. If you don't, it, it causes you to hate people. Let's be real. I'm not saying dislike. I'm not saying, oh, well, I just kind of know, mm, cold shoulder. No, it causes you to look at somebody and be like, I can't stand you. But that's not how it's supposed to be, obviously. When you turn your attention to the enemy and you realize that you are a physical, no, you're a spiritual being trying to figure out this physical world, then you fight in the spirit. You don't fight against somebody else. If there's something that's going on, you nip it in the butt. Matthew 18 that. Talk about it. But you don't let the enemy in. Mm -hmm. See, that's what we're about here. Is not letting the enemy in. And what I need as the leader is for you guys to have the same mentality. Not only within these walls, but outside these walls. Mm -hmm. That brothers who are on the same page, sisters who are on the same page, brothers and sisters who are on the same page, husbands and wives, boyfriends and girls, whatever the case may be. Not letting the enemy in. Why? How do we close the door? We bring life. We present life all the time in every situation. People look at that and they're like, man, he is going through it, but why is he so happy? That makes me crazy. Well, he's happy because he's got Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Hey, then we got another seat filled. I'm into that. You guys with me today? I want it to be encouraging more than anything else. That we have a responsibility to bring life because life is in us. So I know it's hard sometimes. I know things get rough and I'm not making light of those situations because some of those are very serious. But that doesn't negate what the scripture says. He allowed you to wake up this morning. So what are you going to spend that on? Amen? Amen. Let's get our, uh, our worship team back up here. See, that ending of the service was a lot better than having somebody say, Hey, look, the baptistry is flooding. <laughs> so much, so much better. Uh, let's get prepared for our, our offering as well. As we uh, get to close here, and uh, you know, the word is supposed to go out and not return void, which basically means that there's some, there, there's got to be, there doesn't have to be, but there should be a response. Um, and I think maybe, well, go ahead and start playing there, Jared. The response might be. You guys want to come up here? The response might be that there's, there's some open heart surgery that the Lord wants to do with you right now. In the sense that, you know, saying, Lord, I'm sorry I haven't brought life. I'm sorry I've been kind of mopey about certain things. But there's, there's really no reason for me to not be alive. I don't know. That might be it. That might not be it. Uh, but let's pray for this offering and then we'll continue. Father, thank you for what you're doing this morning. Lord, we just ask for your blessing. We ask that you would show us what it means to, to give from a joyful heart. And Lord, this is all yours. 
every single penny is yours uh, that's ever been created or will be created we want to give to you what is due to you uh, first and foremost Father all of ourselves our hearts so just show us more of you today Lord we want to experience you in this time in Jesus name Amen go ahead and pass that Jesus in what he did there was a separation from us and God because of sin and what he did on the cross closed that gap completely abolished it like the scripture said once for all done taken care of and what that allowed was from, for, for us to take what used to be the law head knowledge and turn it into heart knowledge saying there's no way I can do this by myself. I cannot solve the problem of sin. But Christ did. Now if you were affected by the message today and want that life and, and, and haven't accepted it into your life yet, what he did on the cross gave us access to do that. And so if you guys would, real quick, just bow your head and pray with me. Father, it is not me who can get anybody's heart to a place where they're ready to accept you. Only you can do that. So Lord, if there's anybody in this room right now who you have moved on, who hasn't said yes to you yet, and wants this life that we're talking about, to be alive in Christ. Lord, if they're ready to take that step, that leap of faith, and, and transfer their trust from themselves to you. Lord, all I pray is that they would just raise their hand right now. And we'll pray with you and welcome you in. But if there's anybody in here, just don't miss this moment if, if the Lord's moving on you. Amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. Um, let's go ahead and, and stand to our feet. As we, as we close here. Um, you got something? Okay. Okay. Oh, here we go. Alright. So I got a little word from you. Or for you. From Valerie here. So we could just listen up real quick. Or through Valerie. Yeah. <laughs> Some messages from God. He wants you to know that in him, we need to praise him and thank him for the harvest. When we aren't in him, we, we tend to worry and fear because we only have ourselves and have no control over our tomorrows. But we are in him. He lives in our today and our tomorrow. He's already in our future. So we need to thank him for the harvest that he's already prepared for us. As people in God, we should not, Christians should not give in to worry and fear. Because all of that, all those cares, all those concerns, we're supposed to give over to Jesus. We're supposed to give him our burdens. We're supposed to give him our cares. We need to come to him, not in worry and fear, but in thanksgiving. And right now, the Lord wants us all to just thank him and praise him for the harvest he's already prepared for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen.
Amen. Does that resonate? In short, <laughs> come with a thankful heart. Be thankful. So as we as we sing this, have that posture of heart. Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to put anything else to that. So let's go ahead, Jared. We'll close for for today. Yes, Jesus. Lord, as we, as we go from here, hopefully to the lawn to eat food, God, we just, we want this to be real. We want this to sink in. We want it to be something that's more than just a Sunday morning experience, Father. And the way that that happens is we, we're vulnerable to you. We want to be vulnerable to the Spirit. We want to let the Word in. Because, God, we know that you're a gentleman. You'll force us to do anything. But Lord, you, you say that here's what you have access to. Well, Lord, we want to make a withdrawal so that we can spend it on the one who deposited in our account. Or we want to spend our life on you and not necessarily on ourselves. Because your scripture does say if a man wants to find his life, he's got to lose it. We want to find who we are and we want to do what Luke 9.23 says and deny ourselves, pick up our cross daily and follow you, Lord. So, Father, I, I pray for the transformation to be real. That we let go of the sin and what it is speaking to us. We tell that narrative to stop and we bring life. Just like this song says. So Father, we love you. We thank you. We need you. Be with us as we go from here. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. You guys are free to go. Uh, we do have that baptism. 